This week, we dive into what we do in our downtime, and then we get into salvation. So let's go. Let's go, everyone. Welcome back, everybody. It's The Radical Road with Matt and Jess. Hello, everybody. This last week, of course, we were out west again. We go west a lot, but uh, we head out and we had some stuff to drop in Idaho and then we went clear over to the port of Tacoma to pull a big excavator out of there and bring it back across the country. But we did have a little downtime this time. Yeah. What's funny is our boss had texted us that day we were in Washington. He said, isn't the Northwest beautiful in August? He says, just gorgeous. And I said, yes, I would love to spend some time, some rec time here yeah. doing some adventuring. So we, I don't know. The pieces just kind of fell into place where... I thought we were going to make it a little further out of there, but we come out of Tacoma and we have an opportunity to stop in the mountains and spend the night because, of course, as a driver, we have hours we have to follow each and every day and over the course of the week. And I was getting low on hours, so it made it possible. We just kind of drove up to the mountain, parked in a dirt lot, and then we we got to go on a hike. We ended up parking right at the bottom, at the base of a trail. The Pacific Crest Trail. Which goes from Southern California at the border of Mexico up into Canada, which I had no idea this is where this thing ran. I thought the whole thing was like right on the coast, basically, because we're what, 50 miles inland at that point, probably, maybe further. So it was good. We just felt like we needed some exercise and some fresh air. And so we start heading up this trail and we realize this is the Pacific crest trail and you see all these people with big backpacks and their trekking poles and they're cruising down and they're looking exhausted i mean they're definitely trailblazers and so (laughs) of course we start asking people how far have you uh hiked today and you get various answers you know i think the lowest was 23 miles yeah and the highest was like 43 40, how do you walk 43 miles with a backpack on? That's just insane. I don't, I could not do it that far. Yeah, that's some Forrest I mean, Gump stuff. Of course, when you start and you get into it, you get in better shape, right? So I guess it's not out of the realm of possibility, but there was other people that we mentioned somebody did 43 miles and they're just stunned. They're like, wow, that's a lot. So I think the average is probably lower 20s, but. Yeah, that guy was from Australia, the one that um, walked Yeah, but we learned a lot from this. I mean, our hike was pretty short compared to these guys, obviously. I think we did 5.5 miles. We walked out, went to a lake, came back. I mean, we didn't have a ton of time, so we needed to get back before dark. And what's fun is that what I found fun and interesting, because I love to take pics and I just enjoy God's beauty on these hikes is that the terrain is so completely different than in Utah. Like Utah is so serene and gorgeous in its own way. And then you go up to Washington and it's a whole different terrain. It's just beautiful. The moss and the vines. They have giant pine trees that are amazing. So it's like, it's what you think of a forest, I think. But we get, we come back out of the trail and there's a gentleman sitting there with his camper. Like he has a little tiny 
I asked him what year was. I think it was, he thought it was like around 1964 camper, but he's sitting there with lawn chairs. He had a little sign out that said trail angel or something like that. And he basically forcibly made us sit down and talk to him for a little bit, which I thought was funny. I'm like, he's really aggressive about talking to people. But uh, he's like, (laughs) sit down, sit down. And then he got us beers. You want a beer? Have a beer. So we sit down, we chat with them. And I'm like, we learned some things about these people on the trail. Because he starts, he's like, he's been doing this for a little bit. He's retired. He was an engineer for a while. And he starts talking about people on the trail and how he has them sign this book. But people don't use their names. They have trail names. So it's just, uh, it's interesting that people don't even use their names. Like, I don't understand the point of it, but it was. Like ones was flippy floppy, northbound, southbound. They have like these different really cool nicknames that he said that they don't give themselves the nicknames that you get them from the people that you hike, that you hike the trail with that they're given to you. Makes me curious because we had a gentleman that worked for us for a while that did this trail last year. And so I text message him and I go, what's your trail name? Like I never knew this. He never explained this. He said his was soccer mom. So now I'm curious how he got the (laughs) soccer mom trail name, but. I'll have to get into that with him later. But I was asking him if he signed this gentleman's book because this guy has a whole book. He just stops people. Hey, sign your trail name and where you're from and the date. And then he just has a log of people, which is kind of cool. And he talks to he talks to a bunch of these people, too. Yeah. And as we're hanging out with him, um, he was asking about us. And so we told him the journey we're on and how we're doing ministry as we're on the road. And we said, do you have faith in God? And he goes, God, no. (laughs) And it's hard not to laugh, you know, (laughs) but um, you know, at that point, it's very clear where he stands, but we just hope that whatever we said during our conversation, just at least at very least plant some seeds. Oh yeah. Cause he was such a nice guy. And very nice. We enjoyed talking to him and then, three guys showed up and, and actually it was three guys. They didn't even start the trail together. They've met each other along the way. And then they decide to hike together because they go, they go at the same pace pace. together. So three strangers meet on the trail. Now they're buddies. And then they show up and sort of like, okay, this is a good time for us to move and go eat something. But um, really fascinating culture. Like it's a whole culture. So it was fun to get out of the truck, hike a little bit, and then spend time with people that are doing, I don't know how long this thing, it's like 800 and some miles probably. But I, I find it um, really cool how, you know, here we are in this truck and we're putting a lot of miles in, a lot of hours in, and God knows exactly what you need and when you need it. Because I for sure needed some recreational adventuring time. Like I needed some fresh air and... Just to break it I was it hoping up. to go skinny dipping in the lake, but there was people there, so that didn't work out so well. But anyway, <laughs> moving on. So, yeah, so we cut back across country and I don't know, it was pretty uneventful other than the enormous bugs splattering off the windshield across eastern Montana and North Dakota, but we landed in Indiana and... We actually met a, well, one gentleman, I guess. 
That was in Illinois. No, it was Indiana. Yeah. Just right at the border, basically. Oh, But we're like, oh, people out here uh, doing evangelism. That was kind of interesting. We come out after a shower and they're standing. There's two guys standing outside of the Flying J. And they're evangelizing. Yeah, we talked to him a little bit. It was great. Talk to them, see them out there doing that. They said they do it every Saturday night. I think I scared the guy a little bit at first because he's like, here, here's a handout. And I looked at it and I go, this is about Jesus? And he's like, yeah. But I go, I know everything there is to know about Jesus. What do you need to know? (laughs) 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 And uh, he kind of looked at me like, oh, this is not what I thought was going to (laughs) happen. Yeah, but we're used to that living in Utah. You know, we had the door knockers that were Mormon. And so we also, you know, we have faith, just different faith. And so we're used to just saying, oh, we already know everything we need to know. (laughs) But kudos to those two guys standing out there. It was about to rain. So I'm like, I'm ducking for cover, but go get them, Tiger. They were like from a small Baptist (laughs) church and... uh, so it was fun. It was fun just to chat with somebody like that. But but this week we're actually off. We're taking a break. I think we've been in the truck for a little over a month now straight. Um, yes. So we booked some time off. We have a whole week off and four days of it we're actually spending with our kids. Yeah. Um, found it really funny. So we're back here for a few days spending with our family before we take off to do a little trip with our kids. And I decide I need to get my nails done. So I go to this nail place that I went to years ago when I was a hairstylist for 20 years. I, for almost 20 years, I was um, here in Iowa. I went to the same place and I had not been there forever. Of course we had moved. And so I walk in and Four of them that I knew from years ago were standing there and they just, their mouths dropped and they looked at me and they're like, you're not seeing you a long time. Where you been? And so good to see you. And it was so, it was nice so Asian fun accent, to by the way. <laughs> see their, well, that's what they said. Oh, that's no, what they hilarious. said. And so, so anyway, and I remembered the owner's names and said, so good to see you such and such and such and such. That's a married couple. And. And um, they just had the biggest grins. I had the biggest grin. It was just really fun to see them. Hadn't been years. And I told them we had moved. And oh, and so then I got my nails done. And and then I'm walking out and the husband wife owners are sitting at the front at manicure tables. And husband's got two young girls and the wife's got nobody. So she says, sit down and chat. So I sit down and we're chatting, just catching up a little bit. And the husband turns around and he's like, yeah, such a surprise to see you. He says, when you walk in, your face, lo- it's still so young. Your face looks young still. You must not tan. It looks young. It looks good. Your body, though, bigger. <laughs> your body, though, bigger, he says. And I just start laughing. I lost it. And I was like, well, that's what happens when you get older. Your body can get bigger. <laughs> There was a woman sitting off to the side with her kids and she just lost it. And I turn around and his wife is like shaking her head in disgrace. Like she's embarrassed. She's mortified. And I'm like, it's all right. It's that's a man. No filter on that one. (laughs) Just hard truth. No filter. I love it. (laughs) Yeah. Like, yeah, you would be wrong. (laughs) Meanwhile, 
needed to get the oil changed in my pickup truck. And somehow I got conned by my two nephews. They're like, oh, let's go over on the creek because I took the pickup to a, their their dad's shop where he works to get my oil changed. And they're like, oh, we can go float the creek while you're, the oil's getting changed. I'm like, all right, fine. So I threw the kayaks in the back of the pickup and I go over there and I'm like, okay, this was a mistake. Like there's about six inches of water in this creek. And so we end up dragging the kayaks most of the time. So I pretty much was exhausted last night after all this. I'm like, how did I let you two knuckleheads talk me into this? But Greatest uncle ever though. But, uh, it was fun. They yeah. had fun throwing mud and rocks and junk. And, well, it was a fun last day of summer for yeah, them. They start school today. So, but anyway, that's been our week. And we got a few days coming up where we're going to Lake of the Ozarks with our kids and their significant others. So that's going to be, a, that'll be an interesting few days, but. Be fun. Do some lake time with yeah, them. It'll be good to have some downtime and having three adult children, it's hard to get them all together at once. So. This is a blessing yes. for sure. Yes. But um, anyway. So what we want to talk about today, um, we feel is really important just because it's come up so much on our journey, um, not only face-to-face, but on social media as well. But just talking about salvation and what that means. And then, you know, crazy or baby faith versus crazy faith and what that looks like and what that means. Yeah. Well, I'm always interested in what triggers thoughts around this stuff, because for me, I started looking at it and, you know, just reading like news articles lately where people have passed away and, you know, their loved ones will make comments, you know, oh, they're in a better place now or, you know, they're in heaven now. And and I'm sitting there going, well, I'm not so sure. (laughs) Um which is a harsh thing to say, but like, this is where my head goes is like. But it's all in the Bible. It's all right, spelled right. out. So I don't know. I guess we just wanted to bring some clarity around it, I guess. I still kind of waffle some, because I mean, we listen to podcasts. We listen to YouTube channels and things, and we're constantly trying to educate ourselves on everything. Well, I'm always in the in the Bible. Yeah. I mean, we're just yeah. like anybody else. We're trying to grow in our faith and grow in our knowledge and wisdom of things so we can pass it on. And it's just interesting the things that you hear around salvation, right? For me, you know, I look at my journey and this is like one of the things that really sparked my intrigue into what God what is, what Jesus is. And it kind of led me you know, to the point where I was saved. And it's this whole thing of like, why am I here on earth? Is there any purpose to this? Where am I going to end up when I die? Like, do you just die and that's it? Nothing happens. Like I have a hard time just sitting and looking at life in general and going, once you die, that's the end. Should I be living my life much bigger? Should I just do whatever I want? You know, What does this look like when everything is done at the end? And the other thing is, too, is like, well, you could pretty much die any day, you know? 
You get in a car accident. You could slip and fall on the ice and hit your head, you know, or you could live to a hundred. You just don't know when the, when death comes. So, you know, I had a lot of thought early on of, you know, what is the purpose of life? You know, what happens when it's done? Do you just vanish and that's it? And I just came to the conclusion, like, there's got to be more. There's just got to be more. There's got to be some purpose of why I'm here on this earth other than just pumping out some kids, trying to, you know, survive, and then that's it. That just seems weird to me. Yeah. And you and I's stories are very different. You didn't find salvation until later in life at 42. And I was young. I verbally asked Jesus into my heart at 11 years old, although I was raised in faith at a younger age, even from that. Yeah. But I knew what it meant. And I, which, you know, which this has brought up a question for me, for you is like, did you just since as long as you can remember, just go, yep, there's heaven and you just accepted it? Yeah. I mean, I just knew that. So I, because I had grandparents that had faith and they actually read a lot of scripture out of the Bible to me and they taught me a lot of things. We read a lot of books like I, and I'm a visionary. So for me, I envisioned that there was a heaven just from scripture in the Bible. It says, you know, in Revelation talks about the, the gold streets and the pearly gates. And, you know, so there's a lot of scripture that backs up that there is a heaven and talks about heaven. And so I think for me, I hung on to that and envisioned that in my head. So it was very clear the difference between hell and heaven to me at a very early age. I'm almost embarrassed to admit this, but like as a kid, like I had the same kind of thoughts because of course, you know, just because I didn't really grow up going to church consistently I would go there from time to time with friends or grandparents and even with my parents on Christmas sometimes or, you know, whatever it was. And, and so I did have some sense. And so you just think of, you know, hell is this fiery place and there's this red, there's this guy in a red jumpsuit with a pitchfork (laughs) running around (laughs) raising hell. (laughs) And, you know, and then I think of God of like, I don't know what my thought of was just like this big cloudy thing, you know, <laughs> not a very distinct looking human being or something. But so it's interesting because, you know, as I got into adult, like I really had to put some deep thinking around this because I had to rationalize everything, you know, and the thing about that I could never rationalize was God. And that was, and that's really flipped the script for me too, because when you start trying to rationalize God, it doesn't make sense. Like it's not supposed to make sense. Like you're thinking about a supernatural in a natural state and that's not possible. So I just gave up at some point. I'm like, well, you can either believe that God exists or you just go, I'm going to sit here as a human and say, no, it doesn't exist because I can't rationalize it. Well, because it, it really just boils down to faith ultimately. And faith, you know, is the unseen pretty much. Um, you know, there's a book that's called Evidence That Demands a Verdict. 
And there's a, a quote in there and it says, well, all religions could possibly be wrong. It is not logically possible for all of them to be right when their claims differ so radically. Either they're all wrong or only one is right. And there's scripture in the Bible that talks about, I remember I had to study this when we were uh, young adult leaders because there were some questions that arose with this, but well, what says this religion's um, the right religion compared to this religion? So I put religion side by side and studied them um, just like when I took religion in college. So I just, the differences of them are actually pretty big differences um, when you put religion side by side. Uh, but what it boils down to with being a non-denominational Christian is that it's not about the religion. It's actually about just ha simply having a relationship with Jesus. It's not based off of works. You're not earning your way into heaven. It's about Jesus's love for you and the grace that he has for you and the forgiveness he has for you and how he died on the cross so that you could be forgiven of your sins and that how he rose again. And when he left, he left the Holy Spirit here. Um, which is the triune, it's God, Jesus Christ, and the Holy Spirit. And so the Holy Spirit is now a form of him that's here. And we just, it boils down to faith. Right. What is your faith? Do you have faith? And the Holy Spirit is just like there's scripture in the Bible. It talks about how the Holy Spirit is mysterious. It's like the wind. It's like gravity. You can't see it, but you can feel it. Mm -hmm. You can feel it. Well, that's the defining factor too, right? I mean, you want to talk about religion, that's basically, you know, what people think. It's like, a, you know, setting the, the boundaries and setting the rules and regulations and this is what we think, this is what we don't think. That's religion. But the Holy Spirit is the defining factor of, you know, where the faith part comes in. And that, and that changes everything because... Once the Holy Spirit enters the fray, now you're talking about relationship. You have the ability to hear and feel God in your life. That's a powerful thing. And unfortunately, there's a lot of people that don't understand that and aren't getting that and receiving that. Um, but to me, that's the that's where it gets different real fast. Like you can talk about religion all day long. The personal relationship with God comes in because of the Holy Spirit and what happened there. But yeah, a lot of people operate in they a lot a lot of people operate in religion, which is a bondage. And religion is humans trying to work their way to to God through good works. Christianity is God coming to men and women through Jesus Christ. When we operate in religion, we think we're going to get there by serving in the church or serving people out in the community. Or if we do this, this checks off the list and that's going to take us to heaven. If we keep doing these things, if we act this way, that's going to take us to heaven. That's religion. Um, and that's not how Jesus, that's not what Jesus died on the cross for us to, to work like robots. We're not meant to work like robots and be here on earth like robots. We're meant to have a relationship with him and with his people. And it's supposed to be in love. Right. We're not meant to be perfect because we are flawed. Although we are uh, working towards righteousness, 
We are working to get better here on earth. We're in a process and we're all seeking progress on earth. Well, seek is the big word. He wants us to seek him. He doesn't want us to check a checklist off. Right. So, but let's, let's not rabbit trail too much. Let's talk about salvation, what that is, what that means. Yeah. So let's start with Romans 10, 9 in the Bible. This is a really great scripture with salvation. So you will be saved if you honestly say, if you honestly say, so say is the key word, Jesus is Lord. And if you believe with all of your heart, so if you believe with all of your heart, not part of your heart, if you believe with all of your heart that God raised him from the dead, God will accept you and save you. If you truly believe this and tell it to others. So it's a verbal thing. It's a verbal thing, whether it's you publicly saying it out loud at church um, or you say it to yourself in your heart and then you and you pray it. You say it and you pray. You know, it's just coming to salvation is coming to Jesus and saying, you are king of my life. You did die on the cross for me. I am forgiven for all of my sins. There's so much freedom in that, in salvation. Um, so, you know, when we become saved, he wants us to deny ourselves and to pick up his cross. So he wants us to deny the old person we were, the old ways, the old selfish ways, deny who we were, take off that old coat and then put on a new coat or cloak, like they used to say, put on a new coat and walk in him, pick up his cross, that heavy cross and just start following him. Yeah. Um, Jesus said that to his disciples, whoever wants to be my disciple must dis deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. That's in Matthew 16, 24-ish. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, there's pieces of the puzzle here, right? And this is where I kind of got stuck at some points was, you know, is that it? Like, because we see this at church, we were part of a team that when people made that decision, we would sit with them, explain salvation and pray with them. And I got stuck on that for a minute where I was like, okay, is it really this simple? Do you just, you know, say a prayer and believe some things and then you're going to go to heaven? Because, you know, there's scripture there that says verbally say it, that you believe it and you have it in your heart. And you will have the ticket to heaven, basically. Does it go beyond that? It does go beyond <laughs> that. But that's the first step, right? Like, right. that's what he he wants us to accept him. Like, he did all the legwork. He did all the hard work. He suffered on the cross. Like, the worst that we can ever imagine with Jesus being spit on and beat and whipped what, you know, everything you can imagine was done to that man. I mean, he was stripped down nude in front of the public and then nailed to the cross. Um, and so people threw things at him and whatever we can imagine was the most horrific, awful thing. And he did all that so that it was that simple. It is that simple for us to say, okay, I'm coming to you. I'm ready to change my life. Right. You know, I'm, I'm ready to be a new person in you. Is it promised that it's easy to be a Christ follower? No, there, it's not promised that 
it's easy. If you're truly following Christ and you've taken off that old cloak and put on a new cloak, um, there is some suffering that can come along with that, but there's so many more rewards. There's so many more blessings and rewards and the freedom itself of just saying, I'm leaving that behind. I do not want any of that old life. I agree with it. Whatever you're, everything that you're saying, there's a, you know, there's a debate because, you know, even recently we've heard different things because you look at the great commission of God, like he wants us to create disciples. And so you'll have pastors, you know, people in ministry, whatever, that will go, okay, it's one thing when you say this, but God's calling us to bring, you know, spread the good news and create disciples. If you don't do that, do you lose your ticket to heaven? And there's some people that think that. And this goes to something that I always say, because I feel like people want to cherry pick scripture all the time to either back up what they're saying or, you know, trying to create some message that maybe isn't exactly what the Bible is saying. So I find it interesting because this has kind of come up recently. Like, do you have to do works after the fact? And it's kind of a, it's kind of a loaded question, right? But this goes back to what I said, like the Bible is a whole book. (laughs) It's not scripture for you to back wherever it is you're in the moment. Like it's a whole book. So you have to tie things together and make it all make sense, which is why you should read the thing and know how to study it and go to church and get and continually educate yourself on it because that's not how it works. Right. Dig deeper. You just don't put your finger on a piece of scripture and go, well, this says, and this is what it means. Because did you read before that? Did you read after that? Did you dig deeper into that? And I mean, some... Sometimes it works that way. (laughs) Yeah. You know, it works out how you want it to. But, you know, this whole thing of works came up. And it's like, well, does it go beyond that? And not really. I mean, there's... No. So there's a difference between works where you're you're trying to earn your way into heaven. It's not going to happen. Like, that's not... Jesus doesn't operate that way. But what we want to do, not have to do, is we want to continually fall in love with Jesus and have a relationship with him, which means praying, which means digging into the Bible, like Matt was just saying, which means worshiping in the mornings or reading a devotional because we're trying to learn more about him. And we do gain righteousness humbly. We don't want to be righteously proud. We want to be humble in our righteousness through him. But it's what it is, is it's serving him. It's seeking him. It's serving him and who he is. It's not working towards something. It's not earning. It's saying, I love this man. I love Jesus. I love God. I love the father. I love, I love him. I want to have a relationship with him. Um, because he loves us, right? So why wouldn't we want to have that relationship with him? Why wouldn't we want to start being shaped? So when we become um, new believers and we have we get saved and we ask him into our hearts, uh, we are known as having baby faith. We're new as believers. So we have this baby faith and we're so excited 
and we just want to know everything. We want to like shout out at the rooftop what that we just got saved. We know this, we know Jesus and God is our savior, the Holy Spirit. And we're just so pumped. We're so excited about this, that our lives are changed. It's exciting. And I love that. I love seeing new believers get excited and get stoked about Jesus. But then at some point, we have to turn that baby faith into crazy faith. Like you're, that's the goal, right? Like you want to, you want to build that relationship with him. You want to have a relationship. So you get crazy about him. You, you get crazy for him. You get crazy about him, which means we want to dig deeper. We want to know more about him and we want to spread his good word to other people. Um, Cause that is our great commission. Like Matt said, we aren't supposed to leave people here behind our family um, the people we love, the people that we come into contact with, they have rights to heaven just like us. Yep. Well, if you read Ephesians 2, starting at 8, for it is by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not from yourselves, it is the gift of God, not by works so that no one can boast. For we are God's handiwork created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. So that might sound confusing because it says it's not because of works, but then it says we're supposed to do God's works. So I think maybe this is where the confusion comes in, I think, maybe. Um, So the question, you know, the answer is, yes, you can be saved just by saying, I believe in you. It's where the heart is. Mm -hmm. The heart has to be there because unfortunately what you see is people get backed into a corner in life for multiple of different reasons. And they go, I believe in God. I want to go to heaven, but their heart's not there. They don't truly believe it. And that's where the difference comes in. Right. Yeah. There's not that full surrender. Right. But, to go back to the scripture, you know, it's not about works. Like it's not about doing good deeds, doing good things, but God has work for you. So this is where the purpose comes in, right? right? Like he's directing you into a purpose. He wants to use you and have you do works, but he has you assigned for a certain purpose. Correct. Yes. And you know, he wants you to use your testimony. He wants you to use that to share it with others. Um, he's given us each a story and a testimony, and he wants you to use that as well. But the point is, is like, you know, just because you go out and feed the homeless, if that's not God's purpose for you, is it kind of meaningless? I mean, probably not. I, don't, I, mean, I don't think it's it, meaningless, it's still, but... It's still good, but yes. like, the whole point is you know, you're not going to get brownie points for doing that. <laughs> right. Because I think that's what in the natural, we as people tend to do is we, like you said, equate like earning our way to heaven, kind of like we do with our earthly parents. We earn for doing chores or we, you know, we earn money when we work. We earn this we by doing this work. Um, that's just the way of society today. And that's how we were raised by most of us, by our parents. And so we make the mistake of thinking God, our father in heaven operates the same way. And that's not true at all. Right. Man, I could go so many directions with this because 
you know, I want to make it clear, like, it's, you know, it's easy to be saved and have the ticket to heaven, but there's so much more to being a Christian. So, I mean, that's a very loaded thing when you start saying, I believe this, I believe in Jesus Christ, I believe in God. That means a lot of things that people aren't necessarily willing to get on board. And I think of off the top of my head, the gay culture of this country right now, people want to say that that's okay, even in churches now. And the Bible's very specific on this. And when people are going, oh, I believe in Jesus Christ, but I don't believe in that part, or I don't believe in some other part. um, Yeah, and it specifically talks about that in Romans 1. And this is where it comes into personal relationship, I think, because for me, you know, I I look at the Bible and I go, it's blurry black and white to me. And I feel like you're maybe treading in some water if you're cherry picking the Bible and you believe some things and not others, but you're, are you guaranteeing your salvation at that point? Because you have to believe and have to have faith in who God is and what Jesus Christ did on the cross. I mean, there's a lot of Christians out there that I would say label themselves Christians um, or having salvation and they're living, as we've spoke up about this before, they live in on one side of the fence and God's green pastures. And then on the other side of the fence is the devil's quicksand. Right. And so it's like, okay, I'm going to pick and choose how I live for God, but then this is going to be okay. And I'm going to look up, I'm going to search in scripture to justify my behavior. I got to find this. I got to find the scripture that justifies this behavior and back myself up. If you're doing that, you're doing something wrong. Like your, your relationship with Jesus is not settled. (laughs) Well, then you even have people that are tweaking scripture to make it, you know, agree with whatever their thinking is. And that's not okay. But I'm like, that's just a question I'm throwing out. You know, if you're not believing in some of these things, are you compromising your salvation ticket? Right. Uh, I'm just going to leave that up to God. Like, <laughs> like we don't know, right? right? Like it says, you know, that it's been said that at the end, that when we go to his pearly gates, that there may even be Christians that we know that won't even get into heaven that call themselves Christians, title themselves Christians. We don't know. And people that we think might, in our natural minds, go to hell, they might make their way to heaven. So only God and the people, between the God and the people, the relationships, no. So. No, and that's why this is something we talk about, because this is one piece of the puzzle, right? And the relationship part of it, not the religion part, the relationship part with God to me is super important because I feel like it answers these questions. And, you know, I think nobody wants to talk about the other side of things, but when you don't have salvation, there's this place called hell. And I don't know if people really understand what hell looks like or what it means, but there's a lot of scripture in the Bible about hell as well. And there's actually a really good, um, video podcast that there is a man that actually claims he went to hell and he came back and he's a pastor now. Um, And he tells his testimony and he uses scripture 
when he tells his story and whether or not you believe he actually went to hell, the scriptures actually in the Bible. And when Matt and I listen to it, it's like, wow. It's an awful place. <laughs> it's an awful place. Nobody wants to talk about what happens if you don't have Christ in your life. And I think about, there's a lot of atheists out there, a lot of people that are against Jesus, against God, against salvation. And I think to myself, okay, so what's the alternative? If we're wrong as Christians that has salvation, nothing happens to us. We disappear. We disappear. But if, if we're right about our salvation and in our relationship with Jesus Christ and there being a heaven and hell, and you're wrong as an atheist or you're wrong as a non-believer, I mean, your alternative is horrible. It's gnashing. <laughs> like, it's the unspeakable death. Like, it's awful. And so for us, we just... We really hope for each of our audience listeners that you find a way to make your relationship right with Jesus and to have a relationship with Jesus. And don't just sit in baby faith and passive Christianity and just let life go by because you're comfortable. Start stepping into that crazy faith. Well, it's interesting because people fear COVID. People fear a tyrannical government, people fear woke, woke culture, but fewer and few people are fearing hell. And that's, I don't know, it goes back to my original statement where I'm like, there's got to be more than this. Yeah. What is the purpose of me being on this earth other than to breathe as long as I can and survive? And this is where I'm at. I don't want to go to an awful place. I want to sit next to our Lord Jesus Christ up in heaven on gold streets in a palace. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it's also fun as believers stepping into crazy faith. It's fun to start to see the miracles, the wonders, the healings, yeah. the awesomeness that like when you step into crazy faith, that's when it becomes fun. That's when being a follower and being a, a a believer of Jesus becomes really fun. Well, once you understand that God wants to bring heaven to earth and that you're a conduit of that. Yes. It's very exciting and fun. Yeah. And it, there's scripture um, actually in Hebrews um, and it, it says, you know, speaking of baby faith to crazy faith, you know, he wants us to turn into teachers. He wants us to, you know, some of us have been called to be teachers um, and, in Christ. Some have been called to be pastors, some apostles, some, um, some uh, evangelists. So there's all different things that he's called us to be. If we start out with baby faith, we should want to be teachers in him so that we can teach others who he is so they can seek, so they can find salvation and find heaven. So it says in the scripture in Hebrew, it says, by now you should have been teachers. So by now, you should have been teachers. But once again, you need to be taught the simplest things about what God has said. You need milk instead of solid food. So you're like babies, right? You have that baby faith. And so you need that baby milk instead of solid food going into crazy faith. People who live on milk are like babies who don't really know what is right. 
Solid food is for mature people who have been trained to know right from wrong. So he wants us to progress and mature in spiritual growth and to be teachers so that we can teach other new believers in their baby faith. Yes. Not just stay where we're at, not just say those words. You are Lord of my life. You are King of my life. I accept you into my heart. Yeah, that's beautiful. But he wants you to move beyond that, wearing that new coat and growing in him. Yeah. And, and that's kind of what we were just talking about, you know, how amazing things have gotten, you know, when you grow like that, you begin to see all the amazing things. That's where he wants to get you to. But until you can wrap your head around that, put your full heart, put your full faith into what God has for you, like you won't see that. So I, it, it's interesting because people will go to like our church for the first time or, you know, we talk to people or whatever the situation is and they don't understand all the excitement. You know, we've noticed this now as we've went into churches around the country. It's like, where's the excitement at? They're not understanding what we as a church, we as a couple understand the excitement that comes with what God has ahead of you, you know, where he'll push you to if you just commit, be in obedience, you know, whatever you want to say. And walk out that freedom. And you walk it out, man, radical, cool things begin to happen. And it is exciting. exciting. And it lets you know how very real God is. He shows you the realness. Just like going back to faith, you can't see it, but you can feel it the real, the real stuff starts happening where you're like, wow. Yeah. You have wow moments, aha moments. And it changes your whole lens when you see people because we walk through truck stops, we walk through different places every single week and people with their heads down and people just seem defeated at times. Still pressed. And you just feel bad. Like you feel bad for them and you want to communicate what we know so that they can learn what we know so they can find the joy and the excitement that we have. Yeah, it was fun. Actually, we went to a truck stop and there was four men, four truckers standing in line waiting to check out. And I went to the restroom and then I was walking back by and I looked at all four of those men standing in line and they either had their heads down or up, but they none of them were smiling. They all looked miserable. And I said, hey guys, where's your smiles? And they all, four, brightened up and just started smiling and they laughed like you're right like why aren't we smiling like it triggered them and it occurred to them that they weren't you know and so it was really fun just to lighten them up and brighten their day but that's what it's all about and you know if I could give any um, new believers or maybe Christians that have called themselves Christians titled themselves believers or Christians that have been saved for a long time if you feel like you're not finding that growth, I would encourage you to pray, take 15 minutes every morning or every night, whatever's easiest for you. I like to do morning because I like to start my day off that way. Um, And just pray. And prayer is simply just talking to God and listening to God, talking and listening to God, not just asking him and requesting things, um, but it's talking to him. It's like having a relationship And listening to him, asking him questions, and then waiting and listening to him and practice listening for his voice 
because the Holy Spirit will speak to you and it will become audible at some point, but you have to practice that during your morning worship time. I always start my mornings with a little bit of worship music to just bring the Holy Spirit into my place, to bring him into my presence of my room or the truck, wherever we're at. And then as far as the Bible and reading, a lot of people get really, really just frustrated with the Bible. Well, maybe try a simpler version, reading a simpler version like New King James or NIV. I like CEV, which is contemporary English version. Um, And I use the Bible app. So it's on my phone. I can read the Bible all day long, wherever I'm at. And so I can carry it with me. And then there's devotionals on the Bible app or there's devotional books that you can purchase, but just really digging in, even if it's one or two pieces of scripture a day and just continue to add more and more and you'll become more and more interested and you'll start growing deeper into the word as you start that way. Don't expect too much from yourself, but as you do this, you'll start building this relationship with Jesus and you'll start falling more and more in love with him. And he'll start using you more and more. He'll start using you more and more with other baby faith believers or maybe people that don't know Jesus. Yes. So we've thrown a lot at you here. Again, if you've got questions, comments, whatever, you can get a hold of us at Matt and Jess at ontheradicalroad.com. We'll answer any questions you have or we'll find answers, whatever needs to be done. But uh, it's got to start somewhere. Yes. Salvation is a starting point. We've kind of thrown a lot at you, but uh, that's the starting point. Yeah. And before you start your um, morning routine with Jesus, your alone time with him, don't forget to drink your giddy up. That'll wake you up. <laughs> the giddy up is um, the nutritional drink that we drink every day and it enhances uh, focus, energy, boosts your immune system. It has all the vitamins that you need. You don't have to take a, a vitamin pill form anymore. You can just drink a giddy up and it really puts that hitch in your giddy up and wakes you up. Yep. You can go to ontheradicalroad.com. We have an affiliate page and you can actually get a discount for giddy up. Actually, that is on our Instagram, on our um, highlight story. Okay. It's on our yes. Instagram. <laughs> We're working on getting it on the website. We're working on getting it up on the affiliate page. Yes. Okay. Instagram. Go to yes. Instagram. That's right. All right. That's it for this week. We'll see you guys out on the road. Talk to y'all later. Later.